Hi, welcome to another episode of Publish This Over Lunch with Woodhall Press. I'm David Legere, speaking with writer uh, Tiffany DiBartolo. Tiffany is an author, runner, hiker, yogi, traveler, cook, poet, artist, and feminist. Her most recent novel is Sorrow, and her previous novels include God-Shaped Hole, How to Kill a Rockstar, and the graphic novel Grace, based on the Jeff Buckley story. She also wrote and directed the film Dream for an Insomniac, starring Jennifer Aniston and Ian Skye. Uh, Tiffany is the founder and CEO of the record label Bright Antenna and is the co-founder of the Shine Maker Foundation, a charity organization dedicated to supporting human rights, women's rights, education, animal welfare, and the environment. Tiffany lives in the San Francisco Bay Area with her husband, Scott Shoemaker, and her Irish wolfhound, Kazoo. Uh, <laughs> Tiffany, thank you for being here today. Thank you so much. And I have, I have a feeling that Kazoo might make an appearance. <laughs> uh, and uh, actually, if anybody's watching, some people might listen versus watch. And, uh, but if you can see this video, you can actually see Sorrow right over my shoulder right here. Uh, behind me, it's fabulous. Uh, and that's kind of what I'd like to start with is just tell us more about Sorrow. It's your most recent publication. You know, what's it about, inspired you? And really, for everybody listening, why should they go out and immediately buy this book? <laughs> well, first of all, I just think it's funny that you said there's sorrow over my shoulder because that seems like mm. a metaphor for exactly what's happening in the world right now. <laughs> um, I think we all have sorrow over our shoulder and hopefully we can like look back at it in the distance very soon. Um, but as for the book, I guess um, I'll say that it was inspired um, by a song. I'm, I'm super into music. Music is a big inspiration in what I do. And um, one of my favorite bands, my third favorite band to be exact, is a band called The National. And um, I was out listening to one of their albums on a hike one day. And you know, a song came on that I had heard 120 times before, I'm sure. Um, but this particular day, the song um, hit me in a really specific way. And there was one particular line in the song where um, he sings, uh, what is it? What is it? Uh, something about somebody said you disappeared in a crowd. I didn't understand then. I don't understand now. And something about that line conjured up this entire scene in my head um, and when I got home, I sat down and started writing the scene. And it ended up being the first scene I wrote for Sorrow. And it's a scene, if you've read the book, um, where uh, that comes much later in the book, where the two main characters are at a live performance, and one of them leaves and doesn't come back. Um, but that was the original um, sort of seed of writing this book. And I think thematically where it came from and why I think um, people should read it is because it's really a story about asking the question like have I followed my dreams have I have I done what my soul wants me to do in this lifetime and if I haven't is it too late and um, being that I work in the music business I work with a lot of artists that I see struggle with that a lot because it's hard to follow your dreams. It's hard to make sacrifices and take the, the less um, status quo sort of way of life. And um, 
it takes a lot of courage. And I think this book is about finding the courage to live the life you really want to live. Yeah. And as you're saying that, I was thinking of like the road less traveled, right? Like the, as a writer, as a musician, all of this, the arts, right? Just falling under the arts. It is this path that's, that's inherently more challenging. Um, and yeah, and as you're saying that, I was thinking of all the pieces that I've written that have been inspired by music and how often writers that are listening to this right now, you know, how often are you inspired to write through listening to a song? And that's something I, I work with regularly with authors who uh, authors try to quote the songs. And that's, that's a whole different thing. And I go, no, 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 we can't, we can't quote the song, but we can be inspired by the song reference the song, you know, talk about it, but we can't, we can't specifically quote that song. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that idea of being inspired by other kinds of art really plays into the, the um, themes of the book as well, because um, the, one of the main characters sort of believes that life is art and that everything we do can be works of art, whether it's, you know, getting dressed in the morning or making a meal, you know, you can really put your heart and soul into something, into anything, and turn it into, um, you know, a piece of yourself that you're sharing with the world. And um, I love the idea that, like, as a writer, I get inspired by songs. But as a songwriter, somebody gets inspired by maybe reading a book or reading a poem. Or sometimes I go to museums and I see a painting on the wall and it makes me want to write a poem or or yep. conjures up a story in my mind. And it's just this like symbiotic relationship that's so beautiful um, yeah. in terms of how artists inspire each other. And it, right, and it's that, that connection. Like I remember years ago writing a piece that was inspired by uh, the look of the, this guy had a, a, a smile with his dad at the gym. And I remember just thinking in that moment, there was like just this, such this innocence existing between the two of them that just witnessing it was that inspired so you know like where inspiration comes from is uh, i feel like that in itself could be a beautiful book <laughs> like a whole story of, you know where inspiration <laughs> yeah and i love the word that you use connection because i feel like that's really like what we're all searching for in life and what really feeds our souls is connecting and and sometimes if you don't have that connection you know human to human in person you can pick up a book or you can turn on a song and you know that the person who wrote it or the person who's singing it has at some point felt what you're feeling in that moment. And that there's nothing more comforting than that for me anyway. I agree. Like that's the kind of stuff that's kept me alive. I think really, you know, in darker times, it's just like knowing that other people feel what you feel. Mm -hmm. you're, not alone. you're not alone. Yeah, especially during a pandemic, right? Just yeah. this idea that you are not alone, even if we are trapped, you know, at home alone. Uh, yeah. And, it, and as, a, you know, I, as I was reading your bio, and again, I just struck by just how much you do. Uh, like, you're, you're, you're juggling so much. You're this active writer. But you're also, you know, you've written, I know a lot of writers who write maybe one book, and, and that's good. That's great. I mean, you've written multiple and you're running a record label and, you know, a charity organization among everything else that I don't know about. So where do you find the time, right? There's obviously there's a method to this that's making it work. So I'm curious what that that secret is, especially through the lens of being a writer. 
right? Is it like carving out time each day where you do nothing but write? Or maybe you spend like two weeks with nothing but writing and then switch to other things. I'm just curious your methodology on this. <laughs> well, I mean, I wish I could say there was a secret and that I was really good at it because um, <laughs> while I have published four books at this point in my life, there was a, a gap of a decade between my last book and Sorrow. I mean, not counting the graphic novel, but that was a different sort of, um, that was a different way of working and um, a, a different, yeah, it was just, it was a whole different story. But um, so from my, my last full novel till Sorrow was over a decade. And that was because in between those two books, I had started the record label sort of as a side project, like thinking like, yeah. well, I've, I've, I've been a full-time writer for over a decade and I thought, oh, this would be something really fun as kind of a hobby because I love music so much. Mm -hmm. And I mean, as you know, running a business takes over your life. Like you have to really commit to it to get it off the ground. And so for, for years, it was very hard for me to figure out how to do both. And then, you know, probably four years ago, or however it was when I started writing Sorrow, I just got to the point where my soul was dying. I was like, I have to find time to write. I can't just be a business person. I need a creative outlet. And, um, and so, that, so then it became like this act of great discipline, really, of just like getting up, committing to get up at 4.30 every morning and going for a run and then being at my desk by six and writing for four hours before I had to go to my other job. Um, and, and sort of like you said, like going away on weekends and shutting myself in a room and just writing. And um, it was exhausting. I mean, prior to COVID, my life was exhausting. And I, I literally had been saying for years, someone needs to just put me on house arrest. And then mm. I felt like, oh, well, okay, here it is. Um, and so I really learned in the last year of like, how to scale back and not live that that busy, busy life that is just too exhausting. I'm as you're speaking to this, I feel like I, I need like use a mentor because I don't have that yet. Uh, similarly, like we're as you're talking about starting a business from a place of passion. That's how Woodhull Press, right? It was yeah. oh, you know, here we are. We you know we make books already, so let's do this. And then all of a sudden, the act of starting a business much like yourself i mean my own writing i, I wrote one short story for uh, uh fairfield mfa had a, a reading kind of recently it was honestly the first thing i've written other than cover copy and everything for everybody else in probably over a year I get and it. that was so I so it. sad i was like yeah i'm like <laughs> it's hard well it hard. And I also i don't know if you found this but I remember when we went into lockdown over a year ago, and my first thought was, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to be so creative. And that did not happen. <laughs> I no. found myself really feeling like, okay, that's too much pressure. And this is actually a time for me to just chill because I haven't yeah. chilled in a long, long time. He's similar. I found being in lockdown also made work sometimes even just you don't have a, a break from work anymore so that's the other thing i mean i have people like calling and texting me about work at like 10 30 on like a friday night and then i just let out this long sigh and i just go <sighs> and then i have to like consciously like not not respond or, or whatever the case is because being at home everybody knows you're at home yes <laughs> yeah. you can't escape 
<laughs> it's been rough. Uh, and I need to embrace more. We, I, as you're speaking right now, I started uh, yoga for the first, uh, not yoga, uh, meditating. Meditating this morning. I had the app. I nice. did my first meditation. And as I'm sitting there, I'm like thinking of, of like, ah, I got to be doing something. Like I had the hardest time meditating. I, I, it's so hard. <laughs> I've actually committed to meditating as well. And today was my 31st consecutive day. Um, yeah, because the app will tell you, you know, how many yes. days I'm doing it. And so, um, so I'm really committed yep. now, if for no other reason, that I don't want the app to go back to zero. <laughs> That, that's how I feel with Duolingo. If you ever do any like the, the foreign language apps, it's like, oh, I'm on like day 20. I got to keep this going. Yeah. <laughs> Those apps are very good for keeping you motivated, but I'm, I'm derailing from publishing and book talk. So uh, <laughs> I love this talk. So I'm, I'm curious that um, you, you've managed this empire by being this almost a burning desire inside that let you say, hey, enough. With this, I'm going to focus on writing, which I think all of us can embrace. Um, and then I'm also curious because I, I very rarely talk to authors that do so many very things, including screenwriting and directing. I mean, that I, that's almost the dream of most authors I talk to. They always go, all right, uh, can you either do screenwriting or can you do, you know, uh, you know, fictional writing? Like, how do I do these things? And you've done both. So I'm curious, what was your like uh, methodology behind screenwriting? Like, did you know you want to go into it? Did you fall into it? Uh, and then, you know. <laughs> it's a funny story because actually when I graduated from college, I moved down to LA um, because I got a job. I thought I wanted to be in the film business. And so I got a job reading scripts at a production company. Um, and so I was reading like four or five screenplays a day and then just writing coverage on on them. And the crap that came across my desk, I tell you, like I would read things sometimes and I would be like, how did this land on my desk? Like, this is terrible. And so I, I thought, well, and I'd always dreamed of being a writer, but you know, like I think most writers always think that to write a novel, you have to be freaking Hemingway, you know, like you have to be this genius. And so it never occurred to me that I could actually write a novel. But when I'm reading these screenplays, I was like, I could do this with my eyes closed. <laughs> so I started writing a screenplay, um, which was the, and the sole purpose of writing it was because I was madly in love with this guy who wouldn't date me. And I was gonna write like a story about that. And like, my dream was like, he'll see it someday. And he will uh -huh. think like, oh, she was the one that got away. And so I worked really hard on the screenplay and I ended up selling it um, very soon after I wrote it, which was just like a crazy fluke where I'd find found this production company that wanted to make a really small, independent, inexpensive film. And I sent them the script and they loved it. So um, that was kind of how I got into that screenwriting business. But then I worked in writing screenplays for quite a few more years and I really hated it. I just hated <laughs> Hollywood. It was not my thing. It was like, I just didn't feel like I fit in. And, um, and so I started writing what I thought was gonna be a short story on the side because I was getting so many crappy jobs to write the dumbest stories um, <laughs> on this screenplay, seriously. And so I just felt like it was sucking my soul. And so I started writing what I thought was gonna be a short story again, to bring in music based on um, 
the death of Jeff Buckley because I was a huge Jeff Buckley fan and I was so devastated when he died that I just started listening to his album and started writing this story. And it ended up being my first novel. I just wrote and wrote and wrote for nine months straight and ended up with this novel um, without even really planning on writing a novel. And at that point I was like, this is what I want to do. I don't want to, I don't want to live in Hollywood. And so I uh, booked it out of there and never looked back. <laughs> you, you know, that's, I've, I've talked to a few screenwriters and that's a common theme where uh, successful screenwriters in Hollywood, it's just sort of like, it's like, I love the, the business of, of a movie, but I don't like everything else surrounding it. It's exactly. sort of like, it's, uh, yeah, yeah, I could, I could, I, I admittedly, I, I was curious on your, your thoughts on this because I tried, like, you know, I'm a, I'm a writer, I mainly write fiction, and I tried to write a screenplay, um, my first experiment with the Connecticut Filmworks, mm -hmm. and it was awesome that they just tore it apart, and I realized, <laughs> like, writing a screenplay really is, it's just, it's just dialogue, right? It's just dialogue, and it was a crash course in how to write a screenplay, and I go, wow, this is, completely different from yeah, any other kind of writing. specific format, you know, where it's like plot <laughs> point on page 30 and page 90, and then you tie it up at page 120. And, um, yeah. and, and so that, I mean, that's actually a good structure to play with when you're starting out to write and like giving yourself some boundaries. But, you know, when, if you really have something to say and then someone's hiring you to just write something really formulaic, it's not very satisfying. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And but so you're a writer. I mean, did you always want to be a writer? Like, is it something like as a child, you're like, or was it just uh, another facet of the arts? Like you just loved music and writing was just a natural follow up? Uh, <laughs> I think that I well, I've always been a writer in the sense that like, as, as far back as I can remember, I had little journals and notebooks you know, when I was even like nine and 10, where I would like write bad poetry and just, um, you know, keep a, a diary or something. Um, but I, I wasn't, I didn't think that I could be a writer. I don't know, you know, it's just like, it seems like something that you have, like I said, you have to be the, some sort of genius. So as much as I dreamed about it, I didn't realize that um, it was something I could actually do as a living until Probably I was in college, like just about to get out of college. And it, I, it just was something that really compelled me and was something that I couldn't help but do. Um, and then and then I just kind of made it into a job. But I, I've also learned um, in going to therapy in, over the last year that writing has also been a way for me to express feelings that I didn't have other outlets to to express you know so um growing up yeah. i think that it was really more a way of processing my feelings and and surely still is but just in a in a different venue <laughs> it's it's the cathartic element and yeah. i was talking to someone recently and you know in some ways i think I, I i look back at my writing and sometimes i feel like my writing when i was like you know, 20 years old was the most powerful because, you know, you write when you're feeling, right? And, and who feels the most than like angsty, just coming out of teenage years. And now you write, I feel like as you get older, you, you draw on that wellspring, but you write more strategically. But I feel like 
Uh, when you look back on your writing, especially, uh, you do. You write from that place of emotion. And when you have a lot going on in your life, you've got a lot of writing. <laughs> yeah, and I think you're also, like, you're asking questions. You know, you haven't, yeah. you don't know who you are, and you don't know yes. what you want and where you're going. And so, like, writing for me was just a, a way to ask questions. But I, I noticed that I still do that in my writing. I mean, all my novels mm. contain some sort of emotional truth that I'm thinking about and questioning and kind of exploring through fictional stories. Yes, yes. And in fact, anybody that's listening, that's that's the reason why you should buy Sorrow is because it goes on this emotional journey where you actually are presented with uh, feelings. And the reason I say that is I've come across so much writing recently, especially proposals that are coming in where I feel like somebody, they know what they, they're supposed to write, right? Like I know what I'm supposed to write for the market to try to get published. And I'm, and I'm putting the pieces, but it doesn't have the soul behind it, right? It doesn't have this question that they ask themselves that they may not even have answered by the end of the story, but it's some greater piece that came from an emotional outpouring versus a strategic business decision. Right. <laughs> Clearly, I've never made any strategic business decisions. <laughs> it's well, all it's like the <laughs> well, it, it, the best writing comes from an unanswered question, right? Like you can't, it's, it's not like maybe even like a screenplay, I guess you can get away with it a little bit, right? On the whiteboard, you say, all right, we're going to do X, Y, and Z and connect these dots. But, but when you're writing like a book like Sorrow, you, it's a question. And then you discover the answer throughout the piece. You don't have a, a line and you're going, okay, A, B, C, D, E, we'll have a little bit of action here. Let's put a dog in this chapter, you know? <laughs> right, and I mean, I'm sure, yeah, you, I'm sure as a writer, you feel the same way where that's the fun of writing. Like that yeah. is the part of it that excites me is yes. not knowing and just yes. having these feelings and having these questions and then getting to like, play with imaginary friends all day to figure it out. You know, that is the fun of it to me. And my agent used to um, get on my case about not outlining books. Yeah. Um, because he used to tell me, you would write so many more books if you outlined them. But just, <laughs> that takes the fun out of it for me, you know? I agree. I agree. Daily, the journey of discovering where the story is going and who these people are that you're spending all your day with is is all is what writing is about for me it, it's fascinating you mentioned outlining because i would love to even do like a panel at some point with like maybe two writers that outline and two writers that don't because i'm in the, the don't category like i like to just like like jk rowling right supposedly she wrote the last chapter of her last book first she didn't know anything else she just knew what she wanted it to kind of look like Wow. And then through the process of discovery came to the end. Whereas you have other writers that are very formulaic, they, like Nicholas Sparks. He knows he's got a very specific way of writing. You know what you're going to get with a Nicholas Sparks novel. Yes. Um, There's fascinating to me. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, I, my next question is on this concept of writing, where does your wellspring, I think you already answered this, but it was a question I had was, your inspiration for writing, and I think you're going to say music, but is that your wellspring from where you pull a lot of what you write about from? 
Yes, I would say definitely. I mean, like I said, my first novel was completely inspired by the death of one of my favorite musicians. Um, and uh, I mean, in Sorrow, the same way, even writing poems and stuff, like I mm. often will hear a line in a song that will trigger something in me. Um, yeah. But I, I mean, there also is a lot of sort of emotional truth in what I write. And I've never written anything remotely um, autobiographical, it, but in the sense that I've felt things that my characters have felt and struggled with things my characters have struggled with, I mm -hmm. feel like that is a place where I get a lot of inspiration too. I mean, I hate to say it, but I'm one of those people that I write so much better when I'm suffering about something. Yeah. Sorry to say it. it, it bums me out, but it's true. I, I, I'm with you. When things are good, uh, it's it's harder. It's harder, right? Like that yeah. that wellspring comes from. I was I was curious if you're going to circle around to it because I'm the same. That wellspring for me usually comes from pain. Yeah. It's uh, the wellspring for writing usually comes from some something. Uh, that that needs to be told because when everything's good, I just feel yeah, everything's good. <laughs> it's really hard to write. Same, <laughs> and I I have this like I always say that one of my best and worst qualities is just like basically going through life without skin on. <laughs> yeah, know? I just feel everything. I sometimes I think harder than normal people. Like it, things just hit me harder and. I need to put that somewhere. I need to process it. And that writing is that place for me. So last, because we're almost out of time, last questions are actually just kind of interesting. One, I'm curious what you want, you're watching on Netflix. Okay. Um, <laughs> what do you okay. got? I, I just, well, this was on HBO, not Netflix, <laughs> but just finished um, this new Kate Winslet um, TV show called Mayor of East Town. And it's, riveting like every single episode you're like how can they pack more drama into one more episode um and she's just amazing and everything so i really enjoyed that um what else did we recently finish i think on maybe on netflix um it was called made for love Ooh. have you seen that i haven't seen that it was good really really good and then Ooh. a show that i watched last year that i was so obsessed with on netflix was called The End of the Fucking World. Oh! <laughs> Did you see that? No. Oh my God, I love the title. There's two seasons. You can binge it. And, and trust me, like, watch three episodes before you decide you don't like it. Because at first, I was like, I don't know about these characters. But then I was obsessed with them. I actually hung a picture of them in my kitchen because I loved them so much. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's going to be my new show tonight, then. I think that's yes. this, you've convinced me. Let me know. Let me know. Uh, next is coffee or tea? Just mostly because I'm curious. Coffee, coffee, coffee. Co coffee, all right. from Equator, which is mentioned in the book. <laughs> coffee it is. And then um, last is like a, 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 a truth to take away. Like any piece of advice for people listening that you just could be on anything, specifically writing, but anything, a piece of advice to take away from this. You know, one thing that I've learned in the last year that I think I would love to share with the world is how much nature has saved mm. me and helped me um, get through the pandemic and rejuvenate me and make my spirit feel like 
Um, I'm connected to something bigger than myself, and, and it's a creative wellspring. So my best advice is get outside as much as possible and talk to the trees. You know what? On that note, I'm going to end this and go for a walk outside okay. because uh, it's I think so it's beautiful. wonderful to talk to you and see you today. <laughs> Thank you again, and, and any, everybody, uh, this is uh, Tiffany D. Bartolo. Please check her out uh, with Sorrow. Uh, go online, and if you'd like to be a guest on the show or if you have any questions at all, email me at david at woodhallpress.com. Uh, thank you again, Tiffany, and see you. Thanks. Have a great week.